Magnificent morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone. But when you feel like you have hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you may be facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. And welcome, welcome, welcome. I am grateful that you all uh, take the time to listen through that very thought out uh, introduction. But I hope you guys are excited and renewed. It is hump day. It is midweek motivation. Um, I'm grateful to be here this morning and just in case you may be going through something, I hope that in some way throughout the end of this podcast, you are motivated or empowered and encouraged some type of way. It is often stated that each version of success requires a different level or a version of yourself. And in order to succeed, we need to change our mindset and our way of thinking, our perspectives and how we view certain things. Our focus shouldn't be necessarily on our shortcomings, but rather on our will and resiliency of how we're going to get out of these tough situations. So with that being said, I have with me Miss Alicia Small. Alicia, say hello to the audience. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, hey there, Alicia, and thank you so much for taking time this um, today just to speak with us and just give us some insight about who you are. So um, are you're from New York, is that correct? I am from Brooklyn, New York. I uh, own a private van transportation service. Right now, we service children throughout Brooklyn and the uh, city of Manhattan enrolled in public, private, and charter schools. So basically, the service that we provide is door-to-door transportation. We pick them up from home, and then we drop them off to school, and then we pick them up from school and drop them back home or in a after-school program. Great, great. Now, Alicia, you make that sound um, so amazing, which it is, but... Girl, they really, they don't know your story. And I'm excited to really hear it because you are really just upbeat. And I can really hear just the genuinity within your voice and the service um, that you're bringing to those within, you know, within your neighborhood, within your state and where you're from. But it was a situation that, quote unquote, if you would not have made a mistake, you know, or went through a certain situation and would not have led you to where you are today to provide that service. So, um, guys, as I previously stated, Alicia, she's an entrepreneur. She has so much in the works and I want to briefly touch bases with everything she has going on. And you're also a motivational speaker as well, right? Yes. 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 
Good, good. So um, let's let's go into your amazing story, Alicia, just going more about into who you are, where you're from and your family and different things that kind of paved the way and led up to where you are today. Well, great. So as you stated before, I, I, I do have a story to tell and what a story it is. So I am born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was born in the Brownsville section of Brooklyn in Van Dyke Projects. Um, my father, he worked for the New York City Transit Authority, and my mother was a registered nurse. For the majority of my adolescence, I was in Brooklyn, but there was a portion, um, I, I want to say maybe I was around four or five, where my parents, um, they separated. There was uh, a lot of domestic violence going on, so they separated. And my mother is from Norfolk, Portsmouth, Virginia. Sorry, I have family in Norfolk, Virginia. She's from Portsmouth, Virginia. So we kind of had like um, a, a, a back and a back and forth. We would move to Virginia and then you know back to New York. Um, I did some of elementary school here. Again, at the time, I was just you know, moving back and forth at a very young age and, you know, experience that instability due to the domestic violence and the the relationship between my parents. Um, when I went to Boys and Girls High School, which is in Brooklyn, New York, when I got into high school around ninth grade, I started to have some troubles. And I started to notice I was having trouble with low self-esteem. I was having trouble with, uh, you know, relationships, you know, with my dad, with being there and, Mm -hmm. you know, being that young and actually seeing the domestic violence. I was having issues with my mom. You know, I was just having, you know, issues in general. I started to do bad in school, um, you know, cutting school, and that resulted in me not, you know, graduated on time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward, I was 21 when I had my first child. And, you know, coming from that background of traumatic experience and witnessing domestic violence and instability, you know, um, not not having a, a stable household, I want to say we moved hmm, between elementary school and high school. I want, I think I want to say roughly we moved about 15 to 20 times oh my god and yeah and was we were in a military New York? family was this throughout the yeah, state of new york we, it, it okay. was, you know it was a back and forth because you know that was my mom's familiar place mm-hmm. so you know when they would have this bad and you know it would get really bad that's where we would go so i had my firstborn at 21 and you know here i am you know, I'm still a kid. I, I didn't graduate high school on time. I had to go back. I, I did wind up graduating, but I, I graduated the year after, and then shortly I got pregnant. And, you know, here I am, a young girl, you know, really no life experience. Um, I, I, you know, I, I went through my life in dysfunction. I didn't know how to uh, effectively communicate. 
I wasn't aware of the world around me. And then I was battling my own mental health issues, you know, with insecurity. I had weight issues. I had low confidence. And with that, it's just like a domino effect. And then, you know, it was, it was my worth in the world. Right. So, um, I, I had my son and, um, you know, one of the things, one of the major things was, as I, as I mentioned before, I was having issues, you know, unresolved issues with my dad. So when I did get pregnant, um, this was a, a very short relationship with my son and uh, my son's father, maybe about six months, mm-hmm. maybe about six months. And then I, I got pregnant. Um, I had my son. That was around the time that I, I got my my first apartment. But again, I didn't I did I didn't know anything. I, I didn't I didn't know how to pay bills. I didn't know about credit. I didn't know you know about the normal responsibilities that an adult has. You know to navigate in the world to live on a day to day basis. Right. So you so, would say that you were basically mm-hmm. kind of not pushed into a situation, but still you were at that time kind of forced it to grow up because even though you weren't maybe taught the basics of different things, you didn't have a choice at that time until you could possibly just figure it out on your own. Right. And, um, it appears that a lot of this, a lot of the issues that you were battling eternally, it all triggered it and began from quote unquote, like you said, daddy issues and, um, just the imbalance of the relationship with your parents. So you not so, so not so much that you didn't out, I won't say that you made bad choices, but you just were only, used to what you had saw and what were around you. So maybe it was the longing of you wanting to be in a relationship because of the absence of your father, why things had were kind of just rushed through with you and the father of your child. Absolutely correct. And and what I didn't know, something that I knew now, I was unconsciously, you know, just recreating with my son the you know, that generational curse of dysfunction because, you know, soon after I learned that, you know, I couldn't survive on my own. What did I do? I, t- I packed my son up and I moved down, you know, to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we couldn't survive there. Again, like I said, I was unaware of the world around me. I didn't have these, the, the, the structure, these fundamental things that I needed to survive on my own. You know, a, a woman with a child, I didn't have it. So, I moved back to New York, and this continued maybe for about two years. So on my final move, um, I I, I moved back to New York. I decided that, you know what, this is enough. Um, My son was maybe about three. I believe he had turned four um, that year, and since then, I've been permanently in New York. that same year that we moved back I got married and um my husband is incarcerated my husband is incarcerated um fast forward a few years to 2016 uh I worked for the New York City Department of Education and um you know 
I always had big dreams of, you know, starting my own business and, you know, uh, you know, going out and wanting to tell my story, what I went through. And, but I just had, I, I was fearful. I mm-hmm. was fearful of the unknown. Um, I was still at that time, I, I still had confidence issues and I still had low self-esteem. I was still battling weight issues. So I didn't feel that I was even worthy of all of these things I was thinking of starting, all of the dreams that I had for me, they were just dreams. And basically, with my husband being incarcerated at that time, I had just had my daughter and I worked for the New York City Department of Education and, you know, our day was very, very, very strenuous and, you know, I was it, it, it had a negative effect on me physically and mentally, and it was also a, a negative effect on the children. So basically our day went from we get up at 4 in the morning, and this is a 7-year-old and a 3-month-old. We get up at 4 in the morning, and I lived on one side of Brooklyn. I had to travel all the way on the other side of Brooklyn to drop them off to my in-laws. Then I had to take public transportation again to get to work. And then, you know, for us to only get in the house to after 7 o'clock. So maybe after about two years of this, um, you know, and even though I was working for the city, you know, there was other things that I was going through. Um, My car had just got repossessed. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, I was underpaid. I was overworked. You know, I, I just couldn't make ends meet on what people would, would be, you know, would think, you know, that's the dream job. You have security, you know, you have a pension, you have a 401k, you know, that would be the, the, the perfect situation to be in. However, I just wasn't fulfilled. Right. And you had not only yourself, but your two kids to raise as well. Right. So, you know, you know, one day I I said to myself, you know, I cried, you know, I I paced back and forth. And, you know, one day I I was just like, you know, I couldn't do it anymore. It's like I'm working so hard for someone else and I'm still struggling. At that time, I was actually still on food stamps. Mm -hmm. So I had a city job. You know, I, I did have this security. I had I had my pension. However, you know, I, I was still struggling. There was a very thin line between, you know, me and someone who was homeless. And I wasn't okay with that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't okay with someone else holding myself and my family's financial future in their hands. So that was the, the, the birth of Dreamer. And it, you know, I, I, and I, again, I don't occur, encourage anyone to, to, to start their business like this, but it was very abrupt. Um, I remember it was a Friday, and I, I had an emergency with my children, and I had to leave an hour early. And my supervisor, you know, told me basically if I didn't have a note to, to not come back. So I didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And that summer, I started Dreamer Transportation Services because I would come in contact being on the other side 
of the education sector. I would talk to a lot of parents just like me and, you know, having issues with transportation and, you know, having to get to work on time and having to get their, their kids to school on time and even dealing with older children. You know, the children had missed so many days and then, you know, they were in jeopardy of not being promoted. So I said, what can I do? What can I do to create a business system that not only will allow me financial freedom and more time to be with my children and be involved in my children's lives so I won't have to miss those, those moments? How can I be of assistance in my community to help parents like this? And not just single-parent homes like mine. There's a lot of homes where both of the parents are working. Right. And they, mm-hmm. they, they can't make those, they can't bridge that gap. They can't make those ends meet. You know, you have a parent that has to be at work at, at, at 7, but the child doesn't have to be to school at 8. What do you do? Right. So that's, that was the birth of Dream of Transportation Services. I love it. So I want to backtrack a little um, <laughs> just so we could just really just go through the, uh, like, the pivotal moments within your, I guess, that, that aha moment, you know, when you finally had enough. So basically, you know, as we previously mentioned, you had a childhood where you suffered just with eternal issues and insecurities. Um, You went through a period where you were a witness of domestic violence between your parents and, you know, your father being absent within your life. You kind of, you know, didn't have the perfect relationship with the father of your child and how things quickly happened. You were forced into growing up when you had your uh, son at 21. You were then later married and your husband was then incarcerated. So it was between you and your two kids trying to make ends meet. You were on government assistance. You had a job that, to the average person, looked great on paper. You know, you had security and that stability, but you were placed in a situation where you were trying to make ends meet. You were almost at wit's end, but would have maybe been a situation where the average person or someone who wasn't rather ambitious would have crumbled, you saw a way out of that situation because you already kind of like, hey, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to do this right now. And surprisingly, you know, even though it was kind of a messed up situation where your supervisor was just like, hey, I need some type of written note, but it was almost like a miracle in disguise. I would say that, you know, because sometimes we need that push. What I've noticed is when I talk to different individuals, when they step out and take that leap of faith, sometimes it's not just by chance. Like they're almost forced into the situation or they don't really have any other plan. They have plan A and it's either we're going to go with it and crumble or I don't have any other options. And in life, sometimes that's how things hit you. They hit you so direct like that where you are forced and you have to go with it. So I think that Dreamers Transportation is a brilliant idea. Um, And 
if you would not have went through your shortcomings, you would not have even had this idea or, you know, this creativity to create this service for other people. So going back, how were you able to, I guess, allocate certain funds and actually get your business started when you were put in the situation you were in and had to abruptly quit your job? So basically what I did, and again, just as a disclaimer, you know, this was how I did things. Uh, you know, of course, I, I don't, I wouldn't say besides the fact of, you know, taking the leap of faith because everything was just abruptly. And, you know, like you said, uh, you know, sometimes things have, well, what I know now is I believe that you know, nothing happens by chance. Everything that happens to us, you know, we, we bring it we bring it into our lives and, and, and that it was something that was on my mind, it was something that was on my heart and it just happened to to happen. It just happened to, to go that way. But basically how I started was I didn't have any money. I didn't have any startup money. I didn't have any money saved. Um, I didn't go out for any business loans because uh, my credit was bad. So Basically, what I decided to do, I said, my son, uh, my son at the time was in fourth grade. I had a very good relationship with the administrative staff. I had a very good relationship with the PTA. And I said, I'm going to start a carpooling service. And it was basically like a trial thing. And so I said that if I can't get the parents support and I can't get the customers here and I know these people it's probably not a good idea and I'm going to go back and I'm going to find me a job or you know whatever whatever it is whatever the plan B was and I want to say I sent out an email like an email blast to the the entire staff um, all of the parents that were uh, in, in, in the PTA email, and it took about two weeks. I said, if I get at least five kids, if I get at least five kids, that's it. I'm never turning back. And I, I want to say that we got about 10 inquiries, 10 oh, to wow. 15. But mm-hmm. we couldn't accommodate it because at that time, I believe I only had, I want to say, a Toyota... Corolla at that time. Mm-hmm. I had a Toyota Corolla, and we got about about ten to fifteen inquiries of parents, you know, saying that they needed transportation. They lived outside of the the normal zoning for the the the, the school bus that was provided by the city. And what I had noticed was that not only that, yes, you know, this is God's way of telling me that you know, go move forward. It was a, a really huge need. You know, we were in, this school was in Clinton Hill section of Brooklyn, but you had children. When I started to take the children and look at where they lived, these children lived four, five, six, seven miles out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They lived nowhere near the school. So I, I thought to myself, I said, there has to be more children like this. Here's a huge need. This was in August, August August of 2016, by December of 2016, I purchased my first van, which was a 12-passenger van, and the the amount of inquiries, the, 
that we got from the parents were overwhelming. We couldn't we couldn't fulfill the need all at one time. So um, after the first van in 2016, we I, I just did an expansion um, in August of last year of 2018. So not only do we service um, PS11 in Clinton Hills. We added on two more charter schools, and we have a gifted and talent school, gifted and talented school in Lower Manhattan. So I started off as carpooling with five kids. We started off at one school, and then we ended up with five schools. And then we're we're currently working on expanding for the next school year as well. This that that is really amazing, Alicia. Um. <laughs> And why it is so amazing is really because you are really helping other people. It's a much needed service. And I can just imagine, even though I don't have kids now, just one piece of, you know, the many sacrifices and just the daily activities and things that parents have to go through, that one piece of simply as transportation, at least that's one less worry off of their back, you know? And, um... Oh, no, you, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things about that is, is, is it's so many van transportation services. So I had to sit down and I said, what's going to set me apart? What do I have that these other transportation services don't have? And I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm a mother. So I have the inside information. I know what parents want. I know what they look for. I, I know the safety precautions that they that they want to see. Um, I, 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 I know that parent schedules are not just black and white. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we have uh, parents, we allow parents to customize their child's transportation. Uh, so, for example, you know, we do have, you know, parents, uh, children who live in, uh, you know, divide their time up between mom and dad. They have a custody order. So we do allow parents that, you know, one week they're dropped off to mom. The second week they're dropped off to dad. Uh, just like with me, you know, my kids were in so many hands and, you know, I, I had to go to work. They had to go to after school. Then they had to get picked up from someone else. So that's why we allow, you know, multiple days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they may have to go to after school. And then, you know, Friday, they may have to go to grandparents. That's just how, you know, that's just how the families work. And all Mm -hmm. family dynamics are different. You know, all households are different. And we wanted to cater to that. Yes, I love it. So you really have the insight and the personalized transportation, which is a huge, huge, huge difference that sets you apart from other companies. And that um, audience is really important within any type of business or enterprise or brand. You have to set yourself apart from the other individual and look at the basic needs of those that you are servicing. And I think that's a key component with any type of business, you know, they are always going to have someone out there that has a similar idea, the similar type of brand, the similar type of company, but you have to really evaluate the individuals in which you are serving and step out and be different. And 
I wanted yeah. to go into, I chose the title of this episode is Purpose Greater Than Myself. And it's one of my favorite quotes. I have quoted in other episodes before. It's by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's the background of my phone. <laughs> so, you know, every morning when I wake up, I look at this and the entire quote is that, um, use me, God, show me how to use who I am, who I want to be and use it for a purpose greater than myself. And you really have done that. And you continuously continue to do that. Um, and you help those who are in similar situations, those that are in marginalized communities, those that are single parents, two parent household, whatever, what have you, you're helping a, a great need of individuals. And I also wanted to touch with you. You said that you uh, created a nonprofit as well, providing resources to those in shelters. So could you just give a little more detail about that? Yes, yeah, so I recently just created Dreamers in Action. Um, one of my favorite quotes, which I have hanging up in my living room, is dreams don't work unless you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer at heart. You know, I'm, I'm always, you know, visualizing and, and, and manifesting. Um, but I believe, you know, that's just not enough. You have to constantly be in action to reach your goals. Um one of the things that I did last year is I went to Help USA, which is in the, the East New York area of Brooklyn, and it's a family shelter, and I went there to give out Thanksgiving dinners. And it was the first time that I, I did that, but it was the most humbling experience that I've ever had, you know, to actually see the overwhelming amount of families and, and, you know, children and single mothers and and there were even single fathers there, you know, with their children and and, and coming to eat. And I had my children there because it's very important for, for me to teach them and also, you know, be an example and show them that this is what life is about. Life is, is, is not about receiving. Life is about giving and, 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 and being a blessing to someone else because these are how your blessings come in. Just to be able to, you know, shake hands and, and speak with them and, and talk with them. And, you know, um, for a lot of them, they th- this is it. This is their Thanksgiving and they don't have the, the opportunity and um, to, to be with their family and, and to sit and to dance and enjoy all of the things that we do on that holiday and, you know, to, to, to celebrate togetherness. So um, I did a back-to-school drive in 2018, a very small back-to-school drive, and I, we gave out a few book bags and they were, you know, filled with supplies. And after that experience, I, I said I had to go back. My initial idea was to um, go back to where I grew up in Bedford-Stuyvesant in my later years and, you know, just just do a really big back-to-school drive. But I wanted to... I wanted to target and actually get out there to help the children in need. So for me, it wasn't enough to just put on this grand back-to-school drive and, you know, it, it, it looks good and it looks glamorous. 
for me, what was more fulfilling for me was to actually go to the people in need. These are families that are in shelters that, that actually need the book bags and, and the school supplies. So that's what I'm doing this year, what Dreamers in Action is doing this year. We're going to be at Help USA 1 in East New York, Brooklyn. Uh, we're going to be there August 17th from 1 to 3 p.m., and we're going to be set up. Our goal is to give away 500 book bags, but we're going to split them. Um, We're going to be at another shelter in Bedford-Stuyvesant on August 10th. So we're doing two weekends back-to-back, August 10th and August 17th, and we're going to be giving out, in total, 500 book bags. And this is something that we're going to go in and, and, and do every year. And for me, it's not about just giving out the book bags. I, I want to, it's about going in and, you know, giving that encouragement and giving that motivation and, you know, telling my story, shaking hands. And, you know, because just because they're in the shelter, you know, they they are, I am them. They are me. There, there was no difference between you know, me and them because I could have easily been in the shelter. Right. You know, one more wrong move and I could have easily been, you know, where they were. It's just by the grace of God that I was protecting and, you know, I I had a roof over my head through those trying times. But a lot of those families are on public assistance, lost their jobs, had, you know, had a repossession. And, you know, I want to go and speak to them, not only provide the children with what they need, but, you know, and go and speak to them and say, you know, this, this too shall pass. Right. You know, just because you're here now, this is this is definitely temporary. And, you know, what you've been through, your, your story is phenomenal. Um, a lot of the times, especially um, because also I, I'm a motivational speaker, and when I speak to young girls and I speak to young women, we have a, a very strong sense of shame and humility behind the traumas that we experienced in the past and the mistakes that we made in the past. And, you know, we don't want anyone to know. We don't want anyone want anyone to know because I used to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, and, and it, it was, I was so ashamed that I wouldn't reach out and ask for help. Right. Yeah. That's pride. You know, pride can really get the best of certain people. And and I find myself in that situation too. And uh, I realized that as I've gotten older and tried to take on different things, everybody does not know every single thing. There's power in numbers and in networking and building from other people. So you have to be very mindful of those that you invite into your life. If you can't learn from them, if they can't feed you and help you, um, you know, grow and plant good seeds, then it's no use for those type of people. But it's our job to learn and grow and pass on those good seeds and plant those seeds in other individuals. Like you said, we're all human, you know, we're all human. We've all made mistakes stakes we've all been through different hardships and depending on where that person is it they may be just one step away you know from the end and it may just be that simple words of encouragement that simple kind gesture or just something simple like giving their child a book bag or some type of resources that can change their entire outlook and you know really bring them out of a dark hole or situation they're in 
So what you're doing, it's amazing and keep on doing it. Keep sharing your story and, you know, people, it doesn't matter if they're in New York or like me, myself, I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana. It doesn't matter where we are. We all can learn from each other, you know? Yeah, and, you know, when when I speak, every time I speak, what I want and whoever's listening, you know, after you listen, this is what I want you to take with you. And, and this every speech that I do, every young woman that I speak with, every young girl that I speak with, you know, I let them know, this is what I want you to take with you. You're worthy no matter what, because the beauty is in the transformation. Yeah. How you became... You know, you, you you went through your, your caterpillar stage, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're beautiful butterflies. All of those mistakes, you know, all of the trauma, what strength it took to get you from A to B. That's phenomenal. Right. You know, to, 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 to see a young woman or a young girl that, you know, came from dysfunction and, and had mental health issues and... And, and financial issues and lost their job and, you know, lost their car and lost their way. And to, to see them as a resilient, powerful, beautiful, you know, strong, confident young woman, that transformation is beautiful. It is. That transition is beautiful. Those mistakes, those, those past mistakes, those traumas, everything that makes you who you are today, that is absolutely beautiful. So don't ever think that you have to be ashamed or, you know, you have to hide who you you really are. That's why I'm so transparent. Listen, I'm no different than you. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have any handouts. I didn't I didn't graduate from high school on time. You know, I saw things that I shouldn't have saw, you know, I battled weight issues. I, I didn't believe in myself. I, I, I had a lot of self-hatred, and here I am today. Mm-hmm. A, a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, a, a motivational speaker, and everything else that I can obtain and, and, and grab and become, I'm going to be that. And if it wasn't for those experiences, I, I wouldn't be able to withstand and do everything that I do today. Right. And it's important too that I want to point this out too. You changed your mindset. And that was um, a point that I mentioned in the very beginning. You have to change your mindset and how you're, how you view things in order to come out of these situations. You know, we ultimately God has control, but it's God that is within us that has placed these different tools and different things within us. And it's up for, to us to use them. So we have to change how we think and how we perceive things and grow from that. So thank you again. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for, for, for having me. It's truly a, a pleasure and I truly appreciate you. No problem. And do you have like an Instagram or a page that you want to share with others so you can follow and keep up with you? Yes, I do have an Instagram on all social media handles. I am Alicia Small. Um, we have Dream of Transportation uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And we, in about another three weeks, we will have a Dreamers in Action, and it'll be Dreamers in Action on all social media handles. Okay, great. And they can find all of that 
at Alicia, that's A-L-I-S-H-A, right? Small with no yes. S, with no S. <laughs> yes, no S. Okay. <laughs> so listeners, in closing, always remember your story is not solely for you. It is meant to be shared with others and to provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You are a victor, you are a winner, and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles do not last always. You are brilliant, bold, and beautiful. You are her heroic, empowering, and resilient. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Um, If you were empowered, motivated, encouraged, related any type of way to this episode, please share. I do not have these long drawn out ads and give you this, um, you know, unsolicited information. I'm just asking you to share, tell a friend to tell a friend. Her story is available on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, and of course on SoundCloud. And once again, this is Jay Jameson with Her Story and we're out.